this season is actually a special season for Leah and I because we call this, you know, some people, they remember their engagement uh, anniversary, their wedding anniversary. This is actually our <laughs> dating anniversary, Halloween. Halloween is our dating anniversary. We did not expect that to happen, but it happened. See, I think I was about 22 years old and, uh, and you know, I was, I was in church and I was involved and Leah was too. We, we had a lot of things that happened in the past. And, and so, you know, we're serving God. And, and how many of you know that when you're serving God, you put God first, he might surprise you with something that's been underneath your nose for a very long time. And so um, we're kind of connecting, but it's still friends. We grew up with each other. I actually used to pick up Leah with my girlfriend in high school and bring her to school. And, uh, and so, uh, but it, it was always like I, I loved and respected her. It was always like a thing when she was at school, everybody knew, don't mess with Leah, right? Because I loved, respected her. And she was like, she was like a woman of God. She was someone that was like, you know, had prayer boards and like prayer requests. And I was, I used to be on that prayer board, right, in high school. And, uh, and so several years after really giving my life to God, um, we, were, we were friends, and we had this thing at church. You know, churches can be really corny during Halloween. We had something called Hallelujah Night. Like, go get your lost friends and bring them to Hallelujah Night. They're like, I'm not coming to Hallelujah Night, you know? So it's only Christians at Hallelujah Night, and they have those, rib, those carnival rods, and you look at the person that's running the carnival rod, and you're like, I don't trust you. Like, I don't think you tighten this thing up very effectively. I don't trust you. It's like one of those scenarios, but we had a thing like, all right, I'm going to get my crew. I had a, I had a, a small group. She had a small group. I said, my crew, we're going to dress like nerds. Why don't y'all dress like nerds? And we actually looked like nerds. We had tall pants on, the uh, suspenders, the, the glasses with the tape. And we, we made like, we made like a tone in our voice, like a high voice, like kind of a nerdy voice and was like giving high fives to everybody at the carnival, like high five, you know, like that. <laughs> And so, so we thought that the girls were going to kind of play along with that, but instead, uh, Leah came with like these pigtails and like, like the cute little schoolgirl like outfit. I was like, all right, I'll see you over there. <laughs> and, uh, and I, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you, uh, I was like, we're friends and all, but girls looking good tonight. <laughs> How come people only are friends with good looking people? I don't know. <laughs> and so one of my friends, uh, he was, he got in some kind of trouble. And so we were going to go help him out. So my crew were up, we all packed into the car and, and we were, we were going in these back roads to get to his house. We're going about 60 miles per hour. And the next thing I see is headlights. They had a drunk driver that hit our car at 60 miles per hour head on and just crushed. And have you ever had a moment when you thought this is over? You're like, something happened so fast, you thought, this is over. I remember the smoke. I remember the horn. You know, the horn always gets lodged. It's like, oh, beeping is a high, like, you know, ah, you know, it's like chaos everywhere. And I remember the first thing I thought, the first thing that hit was, oh, God, I pray I still have my teeth. And I felt around. They were still there. And I was like, that's good. And then the second thing I thought, the second thing I thought, I thought about my family, and I thought about Leah. And in that moment, I knew she was the one. 
that moment, I was giddy. Uh, when, when that thing hit, uh, I thought about that, and then it was actually a drunk driver. He fled, and here I am with suspenders looking like a nerd, praying over this lady that's crushing the car. She probably thought she died and went to nerd hell. I don't know. But I'm like praying over her. I've got the suspenders on. I, you know, another guy got a concussion. They had to fly him out in the helicopter. It was crazy. But I remember getting the ambulance, and I had my hands behind my head with my, my, my feet crossed because I knew I know the one. Like, I know it right now. I know it. And then I called her, and I was like, I turned on that voice. You know that voice that's not a friend voice? Like, <laughs> you know, you talk normal, and then when you have feelings, it like something happens. <laughs> something takes over. And uh, she brought me a flower, and then uh, I said, hey, let's go car shopping. And we ended up in the French Quarter. There's nobody selling cars in the French Quarter. And, uh, and it was our first date. <laughs> And I tricked her. And I, and I don't ever recommend ever anybody ever doing this unless God told you. But I, on our first day, I didn't even know if she liked me. I was like, you're the one. And she was like, what? I was like, you're the one. And six months later, that happened, right? We got engaged. And a year later, we got married in November 19th. And I have been riding this roller coaster ever since. It's been amazing. So this is my, this is, this is where we kind of, get back into our dating mode in this time of year. And so last few nights we've been hanging out and, and uh, I just love you so much. And, uh, and I know, I know, stop it, stop it. Uh, but like I'm getting those feelings, you know what I mean? I, I, when you're married and you really have feelings for somebody, you know, the Bible says to marry instead of burn with passion, your boy was burning with passion. And I had a goal. I was like, I'm getting married. I'm getting married soon. And so we had a, we had, look, how many of you know when you start liking somebody, your priorities change? The guys are like, hey, you coming out? And like, no, you're not as pretty as her. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you start, you're, they don't see you that much anymore. And like your priorities change. Not only does your priorities change, your goals start to change. When you know that you know your priorities changes, your goals change. And how many of you know that it's important when you get engaged, you set a date? When you, because that's when it gets real. When you get engaged, you set a date, it gets real. And, and so you will notice when you fall in love or you know it is God, your priorities change and your goals start to change. You start to work towards something, right? When you know something's coming, you start to work towards that thing. Some of you are pregnant in here and you are getting your you're getting ready for that blessing to come. You can feel expanding, you can feel this baby coming and you start getting into the nesting deal. You're preparing for the blessing. You have some goals, you have some due dates and you are getting ready. And what I believe that God is doing in you today is God is causing you to fall more in love with him that you're going to get in his presence and he's going to begin to stretch you and get you ready for the blessing in your life. Do you believe that? Now, I want to I talk to you about goals today because goals are so important. You know, either you're going through life by design or by default. If you are not living with goals being set, you will let other people and circumstances dictate the direction of your life. 
You will, without goals, you will only be reactionary and not proactive. And I can tell you through 2020, 2021, it is, it is difficult when you don't know what's coming up next month. You don't know what the economy is going to look like. It is difficult to set goals unless it was God telling you to set that goal. How many of you know that we don't live by the world's economy? We live by God's economy. And God says, come up here and I will show you things and I will begin to reveal things to you that has never been seen or heard. And God is inviting you into his presence so that you can have genuine faith and genuine goals. So I want to give this to you today. Four steps to setting goals. Four steps to setting goals. Are you ready? Number one. Number one, if you want to start to set goals because you're tired of letting circumstances and other people dictate your life instead of you getting from God and getting direction, then I want to encourage you to set your goals with God. Set your goals with God. A lot of people just conjure up goals, but I'm here to tell you that God is the ultimate goal setter. How many of you know when you hang around people that are big dreamers, you start to dream big too? God is saying, come to me, get in my presence and set your goals. I've got goals. I've got things for you. I want to stretch your faith. i got things for you. See, the Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the word of God. He's the author and finisher. In other words, when I am looking to him, my faith is increased. When my eyes are on him, God develops my faith. He is the author of my faith. So when I am able to get to know the writer of my book, my faith increases. Because he is my creator. And so when I spend time with the creator, he will begin to give me direction in my life. He is the, it's like Peter, when he jumped out of the boat, he was able to walk on the water full of faith because his eyes was fixed on Jesus. And then the winds and storms came. His eyes got off of Jesus and he began to sink. Some of you in here today, you feel like you're sinking. You feel like you're sinking. You feel like the waves and the winds are too much. But I love how Jesus, he looked at Peter and says, you a little faith and begins to bring him back up. And God wants to bring you back out of that sinking water. God wants to get you out. But the first thing that we have to do is we have to fix our eyes on him. And sometimes we try to make goals without him. And he's like, I know, I wrote your book. I know where you're going. So the first thing we need to do is get with him. Let me ask you, is God a goal setter? Did he create the world? How many days did he create the world? Yeah, six days and the seventh day he rested. He had his priorities. He said, this day I'm going to do this, this day I'm going to do that, that day I'm going to do this, I'm going to make man, and then I'm going to rest. He had a goal. You think God just in happenstance, he had faith. The Bible says that he saw the world before he saw it. In other words, he had imagination, and the Bible says he created you in his image, meaning that he saw you being like him in his image, in his image. So you are like God, you are not God, but God lives in you, and you are like him. And if God is a goal setter, if God is a dreamer, if God sets priorities, if God sets goals, it is actually his language that he wants to speak with you. And God 
made you in his image and you now are able to come in the faith, prioritize your life, set goals with God and allow him and rely on him to reach him. And so I want to challenge you today, you might be in a place where <laughs> you've just let life take you and nobody's judging you because this has been unprecedented. But I'm here to tell you today, God's about to stretch you and you're going to be ready for the blessing that's coming in your life because it is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. It actually changes the way that we think and, and God today wants to say hey come up here I want you to begin to dream I want you to begin to dream and I believe today that God is going to challenge you because goals challenge you you know we want to be challenged in everything but faith we go to school to get challenged so we can get a good job if we're in sports we need to get challenged so we're stretched and we're able to really perform but when it comes to faith we think faith we just like to be wooey about it but God will challenge you ask the disciples feed all these people how God we have no fish we have no we have no bread and he's like how are we gonna feed you feed them he began to give them goals they could not reach so he could show him who he really is and God's going to begin to give you goals that only God can do. He's going to equip you and help you, and you're going to go further than you ever was able to go before. I love Philippians 3.14. It's Paul. He says, I, rate, I run straight to the divine invitation. How many of you know that Jesus has given you an invitation? I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal. Say Goal. Reach the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing, Jesus Christ. How many of you want to reach the goal? Reach the goal. God is going to begin to infuse you with faith and love to a place you can't help but change your priorities. And you can't help but set some goals. You can't help it because you know it's coming. And that's what God did in Peter, and that's what God's going to begin to do in us. So number one, if you want to begin to set goals, the first step is to get with God. He is the creator of the universe. He saw it. He spoke it. It came to be. And God wants his creativity to run off on you. God is a big God. If God is a big God, then our goals should reflect that. God is a big God. He wants to stretch your faith. Number two. He wants you to set your goals with your priorities. In other words, he wants you to prioritize. We talked last week about priorities. And so if we don't have priorities, see, God will begin to speak to us, and he'll begin to change our priorities. He already told us what the priorities should be. He said, I loved you with everything, so you love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So God and then yourself, because you can't love anybody else if you don't love yourself. So our priorities are clear, and there's even instructions in the Bible that says, hey, your marriage becomes first, your family comes first, and this is your first ministry. This is your first ministry, and if you're single in here, the Bible says go wild after God because you don't have anybody to answer to, right? And so we have these priorities, my marriage and, and my, my, my family and my kids, but let me ask you, when... You can have priorities, but what are your goals in those priorities? 
Are you following me? So with your goal with God is if God is your primary number one goal, he's your number one priority, what's your goal with him? Come on, how close do you want to be with him? You can be as close to God as you want to be. God, the Bible says there is no respecter of person. I love, I love Abraham because he's known as a friend of God. Wouldn't you love that on your tombstone? Evan Pitts, a friend with God. He wants to be your friend. As a matter of fact, Abraham would go to God and God would be like, He's, he knows me so well, I have to tell him my secrets and what I'm about to do. Abraham would go to God and be like, God, I know you're up to something. And he's like, you're right. Let me tell you what it is. What kind of relationship do you want with God? Do you want to be close to him? Well, if you do, then God is going to begin to give you goals to be with him. He's going to begin to show you how you're going to change and how you're going to operate. He's going to give you goals. He'll probably give you goals in his presence. He'll probably say, look, I want to spend time with you in the evening. I want to spend time with you in the morning. And God will begin to give you goals. God will begin to say, what kind of relationship do you want with me? What kind of, what kind of goals do you want to set for yourself? What kind of goals? Are you dreaming big? How many of you don't want to look the same next year as you are right now? You want to be better. Look at your neighbor and say, I want you to be better. You're not going to get better just by having priorities. You're going to be better by setting goals, and goals are from God. Goals are actually spiritual because it's the nature of God, and it allows you to see, and it allows you to stretch. How many of you are ready to get ready for the blessing of God in your life? Listen, some of you, you need some goals in your marriage. You need some goals in your marriage. You know, statistically, they say if you're not intimate three times out of the week, something's off. Some of you need to set some goals. And all the marriages said, amen. You're welcome for that. That was free. <laughs> set some goals. You might have to set a small one. In other words, you know, if your 10-year-old is still sleeping in the bed with you every night, you might need to set some goals for them to go in their own daggone bed. Set some goals. You'll notice if you want a big goal, you might have to take some small steps, right? It's like mommy and daddy time, night-night. You're crying, I don't care. Get over it, you'll live. As a matter of fact, this is the only way you got here. You're, all right, moving forward. So what are your priorities? What are your goals? It needs to be clear. The Bible says Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord answered to me and said, write the vision down and make it plain on tablets. See, God wants you to not just see it, but he wants you to write it down. He wants you to write it down because God wants a deadline for your goal, which is number three. Set deadlines. Set deadlines. This is spiritual. Didn't Jesus say, didn't Jesus say, for the joy that was set? For the joy that was set before me, I endured the cross, despising the shame. I love that he despised shame, by the way. Side note, I love that he despised shame. Here's the king of kings and the Lord of lords getting crucified in between two thieves. It's the most humiliating thing that he could ever go through, but he knew his goal and he, did, he despised shame. You cannot tell somebody that has full of faith and set with a goal, they will not let shame enter because they know where they're going. Because you will fall, you will be embarrassed if you allow yourself, but if you're going somewhere, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, you have a goal that you're going to. 
Everybody thought he, Noah was crazy until it started raining and he's the only one with a boat. There was shame there. There were years of measuring, years of even questioning, but he lived by faith. And I'm telling you today, God's going to begin to cause you to build things because rain is coming. Rain in the Bible represents the blessing. Rain is coming, and he is going to begin to allow you to build things that only you know that God wants you to build. And so rain is coming in your life. And I love that Jesus, the, the joy that was set, he endured. It was set. If you want to have a goal, set a deadline. Set a deadline. Don't you love that it was set and then he even called it when it was done? He said, it is finished. His goal was accomplished. He was obedient to the point of death and it was finished. And God elevated him and put him at the right hand of God. But it wasn't because it was easy. It wasn't because he was floating with the wind. He had a, he, God spoke to him. He knew the goal and his goal and his burning passion superseded what he was going through in the moment. The reason why we give up is because we don't have faith or a passion of what's coming up. And so we give up in the moment. But Jesus even said, can this cup pass from me? But not my will, your will. God has a will for you. He's going to begin to get you to set some things. And you're going to be able to go through a storm. Some of you, you don't even know that you've got the victory crown from two years ago. But God saw you even when you were down, even when you failed. And he said, you still got up and you had faith with me. You're stronger. You're wiser you're better now get ready i'm about to prepare you for the new thing i have coming god is doing a new thing and so set set it set it he's the author and finisher it is finished and number four if the the band can come and play we're gonna we're gonna close with this number four by the way you know it's important Sometimes we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do for 10 years. We like to make short-term goals, but I believe that God wants to make you some long-term goals. Because we overestimate what we can do in a very short amount of time. That's how we like to operate, and that's okay. But it's those small steps over time that in 10 years you're going to look back and you're going to say, this is what God accomplished because he gave me his vision and his dream. Do you believe that? So maybe you don't look like you've gone too far, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you keep that in front of you. There are goals that I've written down 20 years ago that are just now coming into my life, but don't put your eyes off your goals just because you don't think you're measuring up just because you got disappointed I'm here to encourage you today God is going to do more than what you can do and sometimes he'll let you hit the wall he'll let you hit the wall because he'll say see now you need me to bring you past this wall you're stronger you're wiser and God's going to prepare you it's coming, which brings me to my fourth thing. My fourth thing is this. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. 
In Christianity, number one thing that you never, ever, ever, ever do, never do this, never, ever, ever quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. The Bible says that those that don't quit doing good because those that don't lose, that aren't losing heart, the harvest is coming. Some of you, I feel like dreams are coming back alive in you. Maybe you're like Peter. Like, I just want to go back to what was easy and convenient. (laughs) And Jesus, he's showing up in your life today and saying, hey, I want you to cast your nets again. I want you to go into the deep again. I want you to believe big again. That thing that you thought was a failure was not a failure. You cannot lose with the stuff that you have because the Bible says that all things, say all things, all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things means all things. You don't have to understand it, but you can trust that it is not wasted what you went through. It is not wasted. There's nothing wasted in faith. All things work together for your good. And so know and have peace in your heart that it's coming together. If you're going through hell, keep on going. Don't stay there. Keep going. Keep going. You know, they did studies of people that went through the Holocaust, and the ones that survived, every one of them had goals while they were there. The Holocaust. They were looking forward to a loved one. They had, and they did a study and showed a lot of them that didn't make it through. I mean, a lot of people just couldn't help it, but... Uh, the majority that made it through, they had small goals through the time of getting out, keeping the faith to see that loved one that they haven't seen. See, long-term goals, long-term goals will keep you from getting out of the game from disappointment and setbacks because they're going to come. Disappointments and setbacks are going to come. And that's why long-term goals are going to help you overcome that. How many of you know that it builds your character? Man, I actually sat down the other day. I've been working on this thing where I've been documenting the things in my life for 20 years. So I got saved in 2001 and 9-11. And I begin to look at all the things not only that I went through, but all the faithfulness of God. Don't, don't forget the hard things you went through, but don't dwell on them because he was faithful all the time. And he's only preparing you for the next level of faith. Like David told Saul, I've already killed the bear and I've already killed the, the lion. Now I'm going after Goliath and I'm not wearing your armor. You're going to be the unique authentic you because you're going to have genuine faith that goes after what God put in your heart. You know, we, 2018, can I have five minutes of your time? 2018, oh, I'm doing good in time. 2018, uh, you're like, great, three years, we got to track three years. (laughs) No, it's going to be quick. 2018, God gave Lee and I a word to start in New Orleans a church. But not just to start a church, but to be a part of changing a city. That's a long-term goal. 
that's a long-term goal. I mean, we didn't know how it happened. We, God gave us the word. We put our house up for sale. March of 2018, we moved downtown with our little family and just had big dreams. Not one person was committed besides my family. And, and, and God began to open doors. It was exciting. At the end of 2018, we, we are the beginning of 2000, end of 2018, we started having, you know, these interest parties and Jared and Angel and, and Charday, Aranisha, all, a lot of you guys, you were there and, and, and God spoke to you at an interest party at the end of 2018 and it was just a miracle. And then in 2019, you know, that's when stuff gets real because you actually set a date. You told all the people that are supporting, I got a date, and our date was March, and I didn't feel ready for March, but how many of you know that God can do more than you ask or think? And listen, when March came, there were hundreds of people that showed up, and, and it was just, it was one of these things, it was like God birthed something. It's so exciting. Uh, I don't, I've never heard of uh, any church uh, kind of coined their church as Jesus and Crawfish, but we did. Because our launch date, we had crawfish, people came over, people were getting saved left and right. It was beautiful. We were in, in the uh, Christopher room, and then God opened this place. It was nothing but momentum. We had Empower Weekends and momentum. And man, January here, we had our, our, first, we had our first Christmas candlelight, and then January here, so exciting. And man, you had, you know, it was just fun. January, we had a block party, and then... Uh, 2020 of March, we all know the coronavirus came. We didn't have a one-year anniversary with this church because one year of getting started, corona happened. And man, I'm telling you, it was not easy. It's not fun preaching to an empty room, people. It's not fun when you don't, you're not able to have church. Thank God for technology. Thank God that he kept it together. Not even to mention the racial tension that was going on all around the U.S. Not to mention the blow after blow after blow. But God did not call us to just have a pretty church. God called us to change a city. God put that in. Are things hard? Are you going to go through difficult things? Yes. Yeah. 2020, listen, if you've never felt like giving up on your goal, then you haven't set a God goal. <laughs> if you haven't felt like giving up on your goal, you haven't set a God goal, but what God puts in your heart, nobody can take away. Listen, God called us to be able to get infused in this city with entertainment, government, business, right, education. And God's beginning to open doors, but it does not mean it's going to be easy. And God even placed in my heart, because we served on the North Shore for 12 years there, sold everything, came over here, and God put on my heart. He said, what's your long-term goal? What's your long-term goal? And I said, God, give me 20 years to see this happen in this city. And I can tell you, I'm not... I'm so fired up right now because he's showing me he's going to do a lot in momentary, but he's going to do so much in years to come. And God wants to put in your heart what he's going to do through you in this coming next few years. Do you believe that? <laughs> I'm not even going to mention 2020, the 11 threats of storms and then Zeta. I'm not even going to mention that. And then whenever we're able to come back, 
Leah and I get coronavirus. That's not good for a crowd. Then the next year, it's over, right? Nope, Delta's coming. I mean, we're out for weeks and then coming back and then having to be out and all of these things happening. And it is like, it is like a fight. But Paul said, I don't shadow box. There is a goal that I'm going after. There's a goal I'm going to hit. If you want to hit a goal, you got to be focused on the goal and not the winds and the waves because what God can do, he can turn it all around. I to hit. Okay, it's time to serve. I to hit. Okay, it's time to get together. And I'm here to tell you today that I am so excited about people that are called in this city to lock arms together and begin to see people that are far from God get close to God and people beginning to live for Jesus because it's the dream that God put in your heart. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. But you're going to have to have a goal. Listen, sports are no fun without a goal. All this stuff, like everybody gets a trophy? No, no, no. Not everybody gets a trophy. One person gets a trophy. What are we doing here? I don't think we're helping our kids out. You get a trophy too. Like, no, you didn't. You were horrible this year. Get better. Get better. You'll do better next year. God wants to begin to strengthen us, but he wants you to know that you have a strong calling. Paul said, I'm an apostle called to the Gentiles, called by God to preach the gospel and be a servant. What is your tagline? What is your tagline when it comes to your priorities? Listen, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters, good and faithful servant. Evan Pitts, a good and faithful servant, called to bring those far from God close to him and raise people up that live for Jesus. So when I've got my priority with God, God, I'm a good and faithful servant. What do you want me to do? When it's myself, God, I'm not my own. What do you want me to do? I'm a good and faithful servant. When it comes to my marriage, God, what do you want? How do I serve my marriage? What can I do? Good and faithful servant. When it comes to your family, good and faithful servant. When it comes to your church, good and faithful servant. When it comes to your occupation, good and faithful servant. See, we got to be focused because if you have goals everywhere, you're not going to be able to hit them. God wants you to focus who you are and the main priorities. Do you know that how they get a tiger all discombobulated in, in a circus? They get that chair with four, uh, four legs and wave it. He doesn't know which one to hit. He's like, that's why he can't attack. And some of you got so many things going on. And God says, I want you to streamline it. Let's put some things in priority and let's go after it. How many of you want to do that today? Come on, if that's you, just stand up right where you are. I want to do something today. Because it all starts, I'm still on time, and this worship song is only going to be three minutes, so I am on time. I want to do something today. I want you to take a step of faith. I want you to take a step of faith and say, you know what? I'm going to start in his presence. I'm going to start to get with him. I'm going to begin to worship. I'm going to get in his presence. He's going to begin to show me. He's going to begin to show me the plans and dreams for his life. If, if you feel comfortable, just come down to the front right here. We're just going to worship one last time. And come on down right where you are. Come down to the front. This is called an altar. Back in the day, an altar was a place that you said, God, what can I give to you? God, what kind of uh, worship can I give you? What kind of, what kind of uh, sacrifice can I give you? 
And listen, all the sacrifice was paid on the cross. God is not looking for your performance. But when you begin to see what he did on the cross, you can't help to say, God, what can I do for you? How many of you are thankful that he paid the price? How many of you are thankful that he had a goal for you and I to shed his blood to cause you to get close to him? How many of you are thankful? Come on, if you're thankful right now, begin to just lift your hands. Come on, he went through the ultimate price, shed his blood so that you can have freedom in him. You can have a relationship with him. You can have, you can have purpose in him. Come on, God's going to begin to develop. Just lift your hands right where you are. If you feel comfortable, and I believe that as we worship today, you're going to feel the chains of disappointment drop off. You're going to feel the chains of that thing that you hoped for, that it seemed like a dead end. God is telling you today it's not a dead end. As a matter of fact, I'm a God that makes a way where there is no way. They thought there was no way at the Red Sea. I made a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What you think is not a way, I'm going to make a way. Come on, if you believe it, lift your hands right where you are. And we're going to begin in the presence of God. And God's going to begin to speak to you. He's going to begin to show you things, what to do with your neighbors and what to do with your loved ones. He's going to begin to get you stirred up in faith. Come on, we're going to sing this song. And in this song, it says, do it again. Maybe there was a time you were big in faith, and maybe you've gone through a lot. But Jesus is saying today, cast your nets again. Do it again. Cast your nets again. Come on, let's play that song. We're going to lift our eyes and to, to heaven, and we're going to begin to lift our hands and begin to worship him. Come on. 